0: Welcome to Startcast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I am talking with my friend from the Leftover Army and fellow podcaster, Amanda Albers. How are you doing today, Amanda?
1: I'm pretty good. I'm so How are glad- you?
0: I'm great, and I'm so glad to finally talk to you on Startcast.
1: <laughs> Yay! Uh, finally made it.
0: And like, it, it, as per usual, you know, this is something that I texted you about a very long time ago, and then we're finally getting to it, so I apologize. <laughs> it takes so long. <laughs>
1: Hey, you know, it's supposed to happen now. It's supposed to happen then.
0: (laughs) Oh, in what times, right? Holy cow! Oh man, everything that's like I've almost been completely avoiding social media lately, just because of everything that's been going on, and then compound it with with what happened in 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 Minnesota and all the the riots and protests and stuff that have been happening since it's it's mm-hmm. just it's horrible and it's and for me being like you know a white dude growing up in the midwest it's like i'm you know i'm about as privileged as i can get but i grew up in a small town and like i was very counterculture from like a young age. Like I was always into skateboarding and shit like that. And so like I grew up Mm -hmm. disliking authority because police would fuck with me for no reason. But (laughs) that's like, you know, like a sliver of, of what, like my brother-in-law is black. And I remember when we went down to Kansas city one time to go to my cousin's wedding, the next morning he went from the hotel across the street to a convenience store and on his way back to the hotel, he got stopped for walking while black. And I yep. remember that. That happening.
1: sounds about right. Yeah. City,
0: And I remember that happening and just being like, what the fuck? He's just walking from the convenience store back to our hotel. And a cop just stops him for no fucking reason at all. And the, I mean, it, my sister is a, um, she teaches government and stuff like that. And so she's, uh, she's a high school teacher. And so she's gone to school and covered a lot of that sort of stuff. And, And so for a big part of my life, I didn't understand my privilege and shit like that until really Mm -hmm. Jamie pointed it out to me. And I had some long discussions with her and she really opened my eyes up to it. But then seeing that happen to Steve, it just blew my fucking mind. And, and it is something that happens. And like my friend, my friend Khadija pointed out to my wife one time, they'd be driving down the road and she pointed out, you know, Hey, when you see people pulled over, just start doing a mental checklist of, is that a Brown person? More than likely it is, and so you really start noticing that it's it, it isn't just sensationalized headlines and shit like that. This is something that really does happen all over the country, and people just get yep. stopped for driving while being black, walking down the street, and it's it's fucked up. It's fucked up, and it, it, this country needs like serious police reform.
1: It 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 needs a lot of everything reform. Uh, it, I mean. <laughs> to be honest right and like the
0: whole thing it just makes me feel it makes me feel enraged and and helpless Mm -hmm. and and sad all at the same time you know it's it's so hard to deal with and 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 it's coming with me it's coming from a place where it's it's not something that that i have to deal with but i have enough empathy for for friends and stuff that And even for people I don't know, it's just atrocious that this is happening. And then when you see the responses from some people, whether it's politically motivated or if they're just plain ignorant racist assholes, the people Mm -hmm. who argue against it on social media, uh, it's – like right now, I have Facebook in a separate folder on my iPhone, like on the very last screen you can go to, <laughs> and it says fucking don't <laughs> above it. And I have Facebook and Twitter in That's there. That's brilliant. Because <laughs> it's just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: sorry. And there's just so many facets to it. Yeah, no, you're There's <laughs> so many facets to it. And I'm the same way, too. Like, um, I remember just. Uh, I was sitting in my car listening to our local radio news on Friday while one of my clients had her hair color processing. I was like, heard that there was like a, an announcement like some like news is going to come out of Minneapolis and when the prosecutor came out and said that they charged this guy, I cried in my car. I was like, if I'm feeling this, I can't even imagine what everybody that is directly affected by this you know, gen- by generations and decades, what kind of emotion they have to be going through?
0: Exactly. I mean, you, and you'd have thought that in 2020, not- this stuff wouldn't still be happening.
1: It doesn't make sense. I don't get it.
0: I don't understand <laughs> it at all. And racism is one of those things that it's like homophobia. I've never been able to <laughs> understand it. It's like how do you how do you dislike an entire group of people just because of reasons? It's like, no, there's the pe- people are individuals, and, and people vary from person to person so much that it, I don't understand how you can just blanket hate an entire group of people
1: because of skin color. Yeah, but um, well, that's where I was going to say, just for uh, people that maybe have questions about stuff or even want to understand things more from a different perspective, you know, put on somebody else's shoes. I've been listening to that, um, series called seeing white on Seen on radio. It's 14 parts and each episode kind of explores different facets of, um, like what is, uh, white privilege. Um, where did that sort of concept of, you know, white people being better than the others like where did that come from was it always that way was it something that was from europe where did you know slavery come from how did that concept evolve into what it you know turned into and there's even like an episode of a war that was happening during the civil war between settlers and native americans that was the dakota indians um in 1862 where basically the rich white politicians were trying to take the land from the natives and manipulated them and basically was starving them and a whole bunch of stuff. And they revolted. They protested. Basically they rioted and shit got crazy. And our good old Abraham Lincoln even signed a paper and, hung 18 people 18 natives and took their land away from them and kicked them out so you know it's just the wonderful history the dark things of our nation that we've been founded on in trying to understand when our country's actually been great and when people have you know <laughs> well, all men exactly. have been created equal
0: and when people say like and I don't want to sound like unpatriotic and stuff like I'm, I'm very thankful for all the opportunities that America has afforded me, but I think that American do America can do a lot better. I mean, I've America's, you know, yeah, it's the land of the free, but it's also the land of the oppressed in a lot of different ways. I mean, the fact that, mm-hmm. that in, in, in 2020 racism is still a thing there, the homophobia is still a thing The the, People argue against laws to make equal rights for people like that. People want to rally and say that gay people can't get married. And it's like, well, then that's not free. That's not freedom. That's not free for these people to do what they want. The The mm-hmm. freedoms that, that this country was based on, it was, you know, it's like it says in Days to Confused. There's a bunch of rich white people that didn't want to pay taxes to the king. And so then they came here and started their own shit. And they had a lot of great ideas. But we're seeing what unbridled capitalism leads to it, it leads. Mm-hmm. To, well, and, and this is something that I think has always been fucked up and I've never agreed with this, this idea of unlimited growth potential that every company wants to have that if you, if, if you have a really successful company and you make millions of dollars a year, but if you go from one year to the next without any growth, you'd be considered a failure as a company. It's like, no, the only things with unlimited growth are fucking cancers. <laughs> so it's like
1: mm-hmm.
0: th- you need some sort of regulation because you're seeing what happens when really really wealthy people that are only motivated to get more wealth in their pockets they make laws that are fucked up they they do stupid shit to m- cause a riot bet- amongst you know like the thing that you saw with the, with the natives and then they went in and hung them and took their land from them anyway. all of it's motivated by money and wanting yep. to have more resources and and the fact that more people that are in positions of power don't have a greater sense of empathy is, is I think, one of the greatest tragedies in, in leadership. Um, I've always been really suspicious of people who want to stand up and say, hey, I'm going to be your leader. And I think that those people require oversight. And I think that the people giving the oversight probably require oversight. Because money mm-hmm. and power are going to corrupt people and make them start to do selfish things. But I feel like as human beings, we have this pretty strong control over the planet. I mean, sure, there's a lots of, you know, weather and geological things that we can't do anything about. But in terms of being able to take care of each other, we should be able to do that really well. I mean...
1: It should be easy. Right? I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I in theory, it seems so simple. Just oh, eliminate right? uh, power, eliminate hate. I think we'd be good.
0: I mean, the capacity for love should exist inside every single human being because mm-hmm. I, I know, it's, it's like the old trope what people say when like the first, like when they have their first kid or something like that. And they're like, Oh, I didn't understand the amount of love that I could suddenly feel for something. it's like, yeah, that's because it's in our DNA to, <laughs> to be compassionate towards each other. Community is in our DNA, but mm-hmm. this, this, it seems like we also, it's in our DNA to, to catalog things and label things and put them in neat separate little piles. But when you start doing that with people, it makes it easier to, to dehumanize them. And then all of a sudden they're just this group that, that you can do atrocious things to because they're no longer people. It's, it's just mm-hmm. terribly sad to me that, that there's so many broken people that are so high up on the chain of command that shit like that never gets fixed. Whether it's greedy CEOs that are making exorbitant salaries or exorbitant salaries while letting the lowest employees on the rung you know, be on food stamps and shit like that, like kind of what happens with places like Walmart and these really big chain places where Hmm. it's like, yeah, I can understand why they would want to fight against a minimum wage if they have millions of employees and suddenly shit's going to go up that high. But also, is it right to... Like, have you seen the thing where people talk about it's not, it's not acceptable for for a billionaire to exist. Like, basically, if you're a billionaire, you're you were probably, if not currently, you were definitely probably a piece of shit at one time in your life.
1: So, what does that make Bezos?
0: <laughs> and see, Bezos is one of those things where
1: I've just seen lots of headlines
0: on him, but I've never really dug into it too much. Like, ha- have you read up much about him?
1: No. I think him and his wife had got divorced or something and he was fooling around with some young chick. That's first. right. Didn't he was That was like last year. fucked up messages or something like that that came to Yeah, light. like <laughs> sex texts and stuff like that. That's right. <laughs> i mean that's pretty much the only thing i remember ever hearing about him fuck that, other than recently saying he he's hitting the trillion mark and i was just like Ugh. do i want to do amazon anymore like that makes me feel weird because when walmart got all weird and shitty i stopped going to walmart yeah
0: yeah no and, i mean and that's the thing though is that he's selling people on the convenience of something that it's it's in your pocket <laughs> you can just pull it out and buy something with your thumb and it's going to beat you in two days for free you know, 90% of the time. So,
1: well, here in like Kansas that. city, there's a couple facilities less than 10 miles from my house. So if I order early enough, I can get it the same day.
0: It, it, see, and <laughs> see, I live in the sticks and like, <laughs> I actually live close enough to the post office that they require me to have a PO box. So I don't even get two day shipping. <laughs>
1: Oh, I know (laughs) that's me me
0: and my problems. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. I miss headlines where we can just laugh at people in power fucking up doing something stupid. It seems like so many of the headlines recently have been so doom and gloom and just terrible. Like whatever happened to a representative with the last name Wiener sending dick pics. I mean, that was funny.
1: I mean, brilliant yay we need that again <laughs>
0: yes we need headlines like that those are the controversies we need again but i mean it, i don't know like i i don't want to dwell on 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 the horrible shit that's happening right now and but i also don't want to make it seem like i'm just sweeping it under the rug do you know what i mean
1: mm-hmm. yep i i feel the same way i was like if i even tried to just always you know like i was like we, when we record like do we just try to focus on like happy joy stuff i was like no if you try to do that the more i try to do that the more the other stuff is just going to be in the back of my mind and it's just going to come like spilling out so
0: yeah and and also i feel like you know like releasing a you know a long form conversation podcast like this right now how, how do we how do we not talk about it i mean even mm-hmm. even if if people feel like they're oversaturated with it it's you know, it goes without saying. You know, yet yeah, Black Lives Matter, and mm-hmm. and on on the flip side of the coin, it's like I I've grown up more than once saying the only good cop's a dead cop, <laughs> you know, like shit, like that. <laughs> but it's like I don't honestly believe that, and like, but at the same time, I think that there's a lot of fucking police out there that shouldn't be cops. I, mm-hmm. whether it's whether it's just stopping and, and harassing an adolescent on a skateboard because they're doing something that you don't understand, or fucking doing something absolutely horrific. Like the amount of fucking videos I've seen right now. I saw a video where there was a black dude with his hands above his head waiting for the police to just come in and arrest him, and a cop comes running up and drop kicks him in the and, back. Yep. What the I fuck? I saw that one that? too. That fucking person who does that should not be a cop. The sort of people no. that that are so fucking terrified you know, during any sort of altercation that they immediately need to pull out their gun and point it at them, that person shouldn't be a cop. If you're so fucking terrified that your first response is always going to be, I have to go to my sidearm, you shouldn't be a cop. And I'm saying this being somebody who has no desire to be a cop, and nor mm. would I want to be in, that, in an altercation like that, but it's something I believe. If you walk around with a hammer, everything's going to start looking like a nail.
1: Yep. And and if you're somebody that maybe doesn't perceive things that way, but your superior does, it's gonna bleed over and eventually it'll rub off.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that shit attitude like that's gonna roll downhill. Um did you see that Facebook Live video with the sheriff from Flint, Michigan?
1: Um, no. I heard about it, but it was I was so yeah, I was so wiped out with Trying to not talk about this with my clients, but we're trying to talk about it, but not talk about it because oh, you know you're wow. supposed to maintain a certain um, aesthetic on the on a, the floor of a salon. No politics, no religion. And so but
0: much of your job is small talk. So wow, mm-hmm. you know?
1: it's it's a hard it was a hard thing to navigate this weekend.
0: That's got to be weird cutting hair for somebody that just sits there like a stone golem. Or is it mm-hmm. actually a little easier? You're like, oh, good. I'm just going to focus on doing this weirdo's hair and get him out of here. Oh,
1: <laughs> I, I definitely have a few people that they come in and they that's their thing. They just want to close their eyes and chill out. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, there's – yeah, there's certain people where I i see that they're scheduled first thing in the morning and I'm like, yes, it's quiet person day. Love it. <laughs> And not that I don't love to talk, but when it's something you have to maintain every day, and then you're also talking to your coworkers, and then you're trying to remember, like, did I already say this to this client? Like, am I repeating myself? And especially when certain things pop up culturally around you or in your community, it's really hard to not address things like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Wow. Yeah, really, one of my
0: clients yesterday. a really good first-hand account of that, then, just with the... <laughs> Like how many accounts or how many clients would you have on a regular day?
1: Um, it really depends on the service, but if they were all haircuts, I could have up to 10 people, but if it's, you know, getting your hair, getting some color done and a cut that usually takes around two hours. So then you can cut that in half so I can have anywhere from like two to five people a day.
0: Yeah, so I mean during an average week you're getting a pretty big sample of population, getting to kind of feel
1: people out with with topics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, my first client yesterday, I could tell like we were couldn't help but address things that were going on and then, you know, haven't seen her for a while, so it's like catch up on coronavirus timeout. Which is still just I that 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 conversation's getting to me a little bit. It was like, how have the last eight weeks been for you? Ah. I'm like, oh, great. I've just been home for eight weeks. Cool. Crickets. You know, (laughs) it's just been weird.
0: Well, I wonder how many people are getting socially weird during that time. Like where they've been isolated long enough where it's like, what is conversation?
1: (laughs) It's some of that has happened. Um, Definitely had a couple people that vented about having like, loves their family loves their spouse loves their children but it was like unload time and i was like let it out girl you're good yeah i know you love your children like you're fine but it was like kind of like the first like getaway get into reality where she was just like ah. <laughs>
0: so <laughs> i could imagine i was um i've been working from home for s- several weeks now and really, really loving it. Like, I, I've i really, really enjoyed working from home. Um, and the thought of going back to the office is not fun at all. So we'll see how that pans out in the future. But, <laughs> like, for sure, like, I'm, I'm already doing weird. Like, if I get super stressed during the day, like, I'll just put my headphones on and put on music and just get up and just like dance next to my computer for a little bit. I'm not doing that in my office. <laughs> I don't want anybody seeing me do that. My cat looks at me and judges me like a motherfucker. I can only think of what something that's capable of forming sentences would say to me.
1: <laughs> Man, that automatically puts a uh, guardians soundtrack in my head. I'm like, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Uh,
0: I I should do that. I need to put on socks and slide across the wood floor like Risky Business style and everything. Oh,
1: that's fantastic. My cat still wouldn't be impressed. Hey, so uh, you just brought up that scene. So is Tom Cruise wearing sunglasses or not in that scene?
0: Yeah, that's that uh, (laughs)
1: Mandela
0: effect thing, right? Yes. Yes, it is. And and that's one of those ones where I only know, I've never actually watched that movie, so I only know about that scene through pop culture references.
1: So, skewed view. Exactly, total.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, except for, um, so yeah, it'd be like that Guardian scene, except for I'm just listening to all like ghetto house music right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is fantastic.
0: Shake that booty on the float. Mm-ts, mm-ts, mm-ts. And like, yeah, my cats are not into it.
1: <laughs> they look at you like, what? What's he doing now?
0: <sighs> there was something going on on the TV that was really weird. My wife was like, I thought it was that music you're always listening to. And I was like, no, that was... That was the kids playing Animal Crossing. <laughs>
1: I think it's all good.
0: <laughs> and then, oh too my funny. gosh, speaking of Animal Crossing, that thing snuck up on me. And I've been totally obsessed with that game lately.
1: So, like, what is it? I've seen people talk about it, heard people talk about it.
0: So, apparently, it's a, have no this is like the like seventh game or something like that that's come out. And it's it's far from the first one. Um, I don't know if it's the seventh one, but it's, I think it first came out on uh, Nintendo GameCube. And so it's kind of like Sims where it's like a, like almost like a life simulator, I think is what they would describe it as. But in this, it's like, you've just moved to this deserted Island and there's like this little raccoon dude who has like a little tent and he's getting you set up with a tent and then he's going to give you a mortgage to then build a house. And... So then you get a house set up on this island. Then you can go around the like the perimeter of the island and like fish the beaches and then catch all sorts of different types of fish and then go in and sell them and get money that way. And so you eventually start building up your house and adding on rooms and stuff like that. And then there's other different things where you got to, you know, like add a, a new house over here on some part of the island and then invite somebody else in so that they come and live on your island as well. All non, you know, like NPCs. And uh, mm-hmm. it's all very cartoony looking and stuff. And the game just came out in March. And so I was seeing screenshots and, and stuff like that on Twitter all over the place. And I was like, this looks like cartoony little kids bullshit. And I didn't really think much of it. And then my kids got it for the Switch. And then when I, as soon as I saw the fishing part... And I was like, oh, I want to try fishing. And then I ended up running around for two hours on playing as my kid's character, catching all these fish, and then went and sold them for like 30,000 bells, which is like the <laughs> currency in the game. And I'm like, oh, I'm hooked. This is great. There's no stress in this game at all. I'm j- I can just run up and down the beach, and I'm listening to this nice, soothing music in the game. And all of a sudden, I found out that Animal Crossing was like one of the best stress relievers from work that I'd yet to find. Wow, that's awesome, though. And it's the game's so deep, also. Like, every Sunday, there's this person who will come visit your island that sells turnips, and the price for the turnips is always different. And so you buy a whole shitload of turnips, and then throughout the week, every day, you check in with the store and see what the price of turnips is, because then you can turn Mm -hmm. around and sell them at a profit. And so there's basically a stock market in the game that's based around turnips. Wow. But it's called stock market, like S T A L K.
1: (laughs) I get it. Yep. <laughs>
0: so, it's so, I feel like such a dork talking about it, but I'm so excited about it.
1: No, that sounds like something that would be a good stress reliever. It kind of reminds me of like an old game I used to play when I had a a non-Apple laptop where I could go into like a gaming console where it, you're just people on an island and you would fish and build things and eat food. Like you didn't... There's no end to the game. You just keep doing those things. But I would sit there and do that for a good hour or two.
0: (laughs) It's so much fun. And then um, uh, our friends Jake and Michelle play it. And and Michelle's island, she's got like a five-star island that's totally (laughs) awesome. And she's got all these different varieties of flowers and stuff on her island. And the way that the game works out is if you have a friend come over and water your flowers, the flowers will do a lot better. And so she pay, oh, yeah. occasionally pays my kids, like, currency in the game <laughs> to come visit her island and water her flowers. And so, like, it's my kids' first job.
1: <laughs> and they get that's so fantastic. excited about it. <laughs> oh, that's so cute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's it's really, really been a lot of fun doing that. and And it, it's been an otherwise... Like, very joyous thing that I did not see coming that's happened in the midst of all of this. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you gotta have a Switch to play it. And, but I'd recommend getting mm-hmm. a Switch anyway. I, if, if you're, if you're into gaming at all, because, I mean, you'd have like Super Mario Odyssey and, um, uh, Mario Kart's been really, really good. And so has, uh, uh Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is amazing looking. Oh, wow. I haven't dipped a toe into that one yet, but I watched Lindsay get into it, my wife, and she got totally obsessed with it. <laughs> running through the whole game. But I mean just the I mean, calling it Breath of the Wild was a good call just because the like the breadth of this game is, is incredible. It's like you could start on one end of the map and just keep running and eventually go from one end to the other. It'd probably take you like a long ass time. I mean, it is a huge open map.
1: That sounds crazy. My nephew has a Switch, and that's the last time I, or first and last time I played on anything like that. Um, and he had a Crash Bandicoot on there. Oh, nice. Because that was a game my sisters and I would play on our Nintendo. But just the difference between the old Nintendo, you know, like sort of it looked 3D-ish. It was a little flashy back in the day. But then turning around and trying to play it on the switch, I was like, oh my God. Like this is <laughs> I I skipped some steps in between. I was like, this is way beyond my my skill set right now. <laughs> oh, I took way too
0: big of a break from gaming in my life to where it's like now I it was like trying to explain to my grandmother how to program her VCR to record the prices right. Mm-hmm. It is just like, whoa, what is what has happened to me? How did I become this technically inefficient? <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, like I and like I can't even say that the Switch is my console Because we got it for the kids for Christmas But it was like before that the last <laughs> gaming system I bought was a Playstation 2 And I bought that in like 2002 maybe
1: 2001 Yeah I was like yeah, that would be about close to 20 years ago <laughs>
0: Yeah <laughs> It was a very long time ago
1: So I went like half of my
0: lifetime with really out, Without playing video games And now I've found one that I'm totally obsessed with
1: Ah, oh, the sound of it just almost sounds worth it to buy a switch, but I hear it's hard to even buy a switch now. Like it takes forever.
0: That's what I've been hearing too, is that, that they're really in demand right now. And I almost wonder that's if that's been... something that Nintendo does intentionally. But...
1: Who knows? I mean, uh, same thing happened, like talking to my clients that, you know, these past two weeks, how they've handled things with their kids and whatnot. And, I know some of them don't have home computers because they have computers from work and stuff like that. Now their kids need computers. And depending on the school district, you know, some schools provide computers for each child or at least an iPad. And other schools do not have that ability to do so. And, yeah, one of my clients is like, oh, we had to, like, you know, try to find computers for the kids when everything started changing and my mom was like oh you can just just go buy just go buy a computer for the kids and you'll be fine and you guys will figure it out and basically Kansas City was out of computers like they were all sold out and trying to get them online was atrocious <laughs> yeah but i'm like that's so bizarre
0: well, and also the way that the the sh- the freight companies are overburdened right now because so many mm-hmm. people. I mean, it's it's almost like heavy as volume as you know, like holiday season and shit. And so I, I'd almost be worried about ordering something sensitive right now. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, do you want you want this stepped on on the way to you? It's probably going to happen.
1: <laughs> well, that was like a a weird thing too that I noticed that somebody brought to my attention during this. You know, the the big lockdown. Um, I was trying to find some stuff to do my nails at home because that's something I like to treat myself to do. And (laughs) trying to find the stuff on Amazon was impossible, and it wasn't promising shipment until like four to six weeks. And I was like, that's nuts. And then it was suggested to me that if you can't find what you want and when you want to get it on Amazon, go back over to eBay because eBay – during all this kind of switched over to kind of like what it used to be and people were promising like 2 day shipment and no shipping fees because they know that Amazon's you know bogged down so sellers on eBay are trying to push out their product through through that service
0: yeah it makes sense i mean i i've picked mm-hmm. up a couple things there were there were things that i was trying to get on Amazon where it just it wouldn't ship it to me. And I, and so I was wondering if it was because they were doing more essential, you know, focusing on essential items right now. And so me wanting to get, you know, like a, a, a fan combo light for a tent. They're probably like, you don't need this shit.
1: That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> like the dildos are not essential guy. <laughs>
1: They could be. They could be.
0: And that was the funniest counter argument to it. <laughs> the the <laughs> amount of memes that came out of that was so funny.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. That reminds me of a. a – I wish I could remember the whole story, but there was basically a person in Kansas – I'm saying say this is about five years ago – owed like a ton of back taxes and – Just a bunch of other stuff. And he got arrested and he needed to be bailed out. Stuff in his house got confiscated. So I don't know all the details of what his arrest and charges were. But basically this guy was selling sex toys and blow up dolls and shit like that. (laughs) And so they were able to somehow sell everything that he had. To, like, equal out what he owed or whatever. <laughs> that was just, like, only in Kansas. So they had yeah. To, like, auction off, like, his back inventory Basically. of sex toys. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> so there was, like, a dildo auction going on yes! Um, yes! in the state of gonna, Kansas. I was going to say,
0: do you think it'd be, like, one of those ones where, like, somebody gets evicted and then just all their shit's out on the corner?
1: And there's some guy standing <laughs> on
0: a milk crate, like, selling it.
1: <laughs> Just waving around in his hands.
0: Look, Ooh. it has three speeds. <laughs> <laughs> Who can give me $5 for the rubber fist? <laughs> <laughs> Who
1: wants a pocket wallet? Yeah,
0: no. Hey, a rubber fist would be a really socially, <laughs> a socially acceptable <laughs> way to, like, smack somebody right now, though, right?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. <sighs> <laughs>
0: So, um, how's it been getting back to work then?
1: Um, so physically, I mean, I've been doing hair for 16 years and the most time I've taken off has been like about two weeks for a vacation, which was out in Washington, which required a lot of hiking and walking and climbing and stuff like that.
0: That's awesome.
1: But two months off. And I was doing a lot of walking. I, um, I chose to do Instacart to at least have some sort of income because I, you know, everything was kind of floating in the air and uncertain. I was like, and I don't want to just sit and do not do anything. So I was doing the Instacart delivery. So at least I was still getting out and walking every day and, you know, still I had communication with people and could have conversations and stuff like that. But Walking every day versus standing every day is two completely different things. Oh, it sure. And after, yeah, after that second day, my feet hurt horribly, and my feet never ever hurt like they were just used to it. And by the end of the first week, I went and visited a friend. We did a we did a distance porch hangout, talk or whatever. And she looks at my feet and she goes your feet are red. And I looked down, I was like, yeah. And it's like, and I have never seen him this puffy in my life. So <laughs> first week physically getting back was just different. Um, By the end of this week, I didn't feel so exhausted last week. I'm pretty much slept for what is my whole weekend, which is Sunday and Monday. I just laid on the couch and didn't do anything. My poor dog, you know, has been used to having three walks a day. And I was just like, we're going to barely go outside, Sophie. <laughs> it's like, we're going to go outside to do your thing, and then we're coming back. Because I don't want to walk or do anything anymore. What kind of dog is Sophie? She is so pretty. She is a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Aww. And she's the prettiest color because she's a Blenheim, and she has the Blenheim dot on her head, which I guess is supposed to be, like, the best of the best of that breed. Which, hey... I, f- I found her. I rescued her. So Aww. people that want to get rid of a dog like this, they're morons.
0: Oh, absolutely. She's got those big, pretty eyes,
1: too. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's like if she wants yeah. to go for a walk and she's looking at you, I bet she guilts you pretty oh, good.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Or she's like, you're cooking meat? I'm like, fine, <laughs> you can have some. Oh, yeah. I should the only thing she that. loves more than meat is, yeah, the only thing she loves more than meat is meat. Like she's she's a meat crazy dog. Like if I'm like cooking ground beef or a steak, it doesn't matter what else is happening. Like she's like, give it to me. I'm like <laughs> oh my gosh, Sophie, calm down. But
0: <laughs> she's really in touch with that part of her wolf and her ancient past, right?
1: <laughs> which is funny because this breed is considered like one of the furthest breeds away from that. But when it comes to that, not her.
0: that's the way emma was it'd be at times like she didn't realize that she was just a little shih tzu
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) her favorite things um when i go get ribs because you know kansas city we got lots of barbecue but um i'll get the the baby back ribs Mm -hmm. where the bones are cooked a little bit softer and the marrow is really soft on the ends yeah that's her favorite and she will chew on those bones until there's Little to nothing left. Oh, what a lucky dog! Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shit, now I want ribs. (laughs) Mm. Me too. I haven't gotten bar—I haven't had barbecue for eight weeks now because I didn't get any when I came back to town yet. But I was craving it here and there.
0: Yeah, that's that's one good thing about this lockdown, and then with me working from home, is that my diet's been so much better. I mean, I've only eaten takeout twice maybe in during this entire time mm-hmm. which is that's really saying something because when i was in the office there'd be times where you know i i'd be eating fast food for lunch four times a week and like, <laughs> fully knowing that it's like dude you are shooting yourself right in the foot <laughs> doing this like you are never gonna lose weight if you keep eating culvers but it's like it's so good and it's right there
1: Culver's best thing that they have is their fish sandwich. Your fish sandwich is incredible. <laughs> it is the bomb. I don't think I've ever ordered. I don't even think I've ordered ice cream from Culver's. Oh the only God, thing. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't. <laughs> okay. I will their not. ice cream is amazing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, wow. But yeah. For, I don't even remember, but I, the first time I tried Culver's was their fish sandwich. I didn't get any of their burgers, none, their tenderloin, none of that stuff. And I was like, wow, this is actually a really good fish sandwich. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, they have a really, really good fish sandwich. And they've got like a walleye dinner you can get there that's really fantastic too. Oh, nice. But I mean, anywhere you can get walleye, that's like one of the best fish you can eat in my opinion.
1: Hmm. I think that's more popular up north where you are. Probably. north Because I think there's, I think that's a big fishing thing up there between Iowa and Minnesota and whatnot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they actually just recently, like when I was growing up, we didn't catch them hardly at all in the river, but now it's really common. You can catch them in the river because the, the DNR has started like stocking the rivers with more walleye. Oh, wow. So, which is pretty cool, but like, I've, I don't think I've ever caught one. Not yet. Anyway. I don't know. It's been a long time since I did a lot of fishing. No, there's not any that
1: walleye here. <laughs> yeah, I was like there's not much of the walleye down here. and then where I grew up fishing, we usually drive into uh, Colorado around the springs and stuff like that and do fishing. and and there they have like you know like rainbow trout and stuff like that. So that's awesome. A totally different type of fish. Yeah,
0: I love Colorado. It's been so long since I've been there. I'd love to go back and visit again sometime.
1: I was technically born there. So I'm technically technically. a Colorado kid.
0: (laughs) So you were born in Colorado and then moved to to Kansas City shortly thereafter?
1: Um, No. So like born in uh, eastern Colorado, was there for a few years, and then my mom and I left that situation and moved to northwest Kansas, a small town called Colby. It's like right in the corner. So it's about like 30 minutes from Colorado, 30 minutes from Nebraska.
0: Oh, okay, cool.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So that's where I spent most of my childhood and whatnot. So,
0: so that's like where you went through high school and stuff?
1: Mm, high school and then some of my junior college. Oh. I uh, Yeah. So we had a nice junior college out there. <laughs> that's, that's what and my hometown is where I learned what racism was. Um.
0: <laughs> well, if you grew up in a small town in the Midwest, you, you're going to find out about it for sure. Uh. And, yeah I mean lucky for you you were one of the you know you're <laughs> one of the, the the ones that were intelligent enough to look at the people around you and be like wow you guys' attitude is so stupid and I'm not going to be like that and then a, yeah, escape I had, it as yeah. well
1: you know I mean I, I had a moment I'm trying to remember when it was but I don't know like I was like the high school kid where you know I was just kind of rolled with the punches and like I did uh, I mean I was like the I did cheerleading all through middle school and high school. I was the captain. Um, I was, you know, president of the Spanish club. I was senior class president. I, you know, did choir. Yeah. I was involved in all the activities, which kept me away from like what was really happening, if that makes sense. But um, there's another group that they called the, oh, I can't remember what the acronym was though. It was like um, basically it was like it it grouped us with uh, foreign exchange students and we'd go to different events, okay, where we would interact with like in the state of Kansas, like a group of those students and then us that you know wanted to get to know them would all hang out and basically you'd stay in people's houses with a bunch of people from all over the world and then you know, like on Saturday night you would have a big party at a gymnasium, you know, a big dance or whatever. God, what was that called? I don't know. That was one of my funnest groups. I mean, I've met a lot of people. And I got stuck in a house. unstuck stuck, but placed in a house. Um, my roommate was from Mexico, the county or state called Chihuahua. Chihuahua, Chihuahua, Mexico. And she said, hey, I have some candy. Do you want some? And she showed me her bag of candy. And all of it was like, almost like chili covered. And I remember in my head, yeah. And I was like, this is way different candy. I was like, I'll try it. Sure. Cool. Oh my gosh. My mouth was so on fire (laughs) because it's just covered in chili powder. (laughs) Ouch! (laughs) But, uh, then there is a, in that same house, we, I got to stay in the big house, like this family that they were just had too much space. So they had like even an enclosed hot tub on the side of their house. And I wasn't expecting to go swimming because I think this event was in the winter. And I was like being all shy. I was like, I can't get I was like, I'll just soak my feet. And a group of people staying there were from Brazil. So like, they're all like gorgeous, beautiful. And one of the girls was like, I have another swimsuit for you. I'll take you. So like, I'm just a weird, you know, kind of like, I'm still a teenager, like I'm a junior in high school. And, you know, out where I grew up, you don't wear certain things and things like that. She pulls out like this cloth, denim, string bikini, like the teeniest, tiniest little thing. And I was like, Oh my god. I was like, this doesn't even like my underwear covers more than this. And she's like, put it on. So I put it on. She's like, Oh, you're so cute. I love it. You're beautiful. You need to come down. And I come down and I'm all acting shy and bashful. But then they all applauded and were like cheering for me. And <laughs> they were they were super nice. But then they um told me about Carnival that they have every year. And we sat down after that and watched their home videos like on VHS tapes of uh, videos of what carnival was and all the costuming, the parades and all of that. It was quite a bit, quite an experience.
0: Yeah. It sounds really amazing. And mm-hmm. especially being able to get um, And That's something that, that I think a lot more kids need is get um, exposed to like different sorts of culture and stuff like that at a young age, I think really, really mm-hmm. helps. So things like, um you know, foreign exchange student programs like that are, I think really, really valuable. Uh, when mm-hmm. it was a uh, I remember we had foreign exchange students when I was in high school, but I didn't really interact with them too much until I was a senior. And then I got mm-hmm. to be pretty good friends with with the two that we had that year. We had a, a dude named Fabiano from Brazil and a guy named Dan from Germany. And Fabiano mm-hmm. when he first came, he didn't speak hardly any English at all. Like, um, we, we kind of understood that, that he understood us, but he really wasn't that good with reading it and with, um, like just communicating it verbally. And so it was mm-hmm. like the first couple months of hanging out with Fabiano was really funny just because the amount of things that, <laughs> that like, he didn't understand. And he would just like hold something up and go, these, <laughs> and it was great but then Dan the German he spoke really good English and he was fascinated by all of our cuss words but he did not know how to use them correctly and so he would like string them together in ways that you've never heard before or like
1: (laughs) but then you're like you know what that sounds amazing.
0: And like, like I, I'm going to say something that, that he used to say all the time, which is, 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 is he uses the F word that we don't use anymore. But just for context, this happened in 1998. Okay. We were at Walmart and Fabiano needed to get a pencil case. And so he's holding up a pencil case. And well, first of all, Dan just comes up to me in the in the, the hallways at school and he's like, you must take me and Fabiano to a place called Walmart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to a place called
0: Walmart? I'm like, you guys are hilarious. You're on. And so they pile in the Mustang and we go to go to Walmart. And and Fabiano's like holding up this pencil case. He's like, this? This? And Dan the German's like, get the pink one, faggot bitch fuck. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: he used to say bitch fuck all the time and it's like, dude, that's not a word. I think I
1: like that combo. I like it though. It's <laughs> not a word. Bitch fuck is a great combo. He
0: put the other F word in front of it every time. And so F word bitch fuck. (laughs) Oh man, that's, he was great. And then he spent so much time talking shit about how in Germany, you know, they start drinking beer at a really young age and in Americans, I'll drink light beer. That's piss. And, and so all these dudes like really wanted to get him super wasted. And so the first like big party that Dan, the German went to, we introduced him to a beer bong, which he'd never seen before. And then, so while he was already super drunk off the beer bong, then they started just pouring black velvet in while he was doing the, the beer bong. Wow. And he's like, those bitch fucks put whiskey in my beer bong. <laughs>
1: that happens. Uh, that happens.
0: Oh, my gosh. Then him and Fabiano hanging out in the front. They were all drunk, and they were hanging out in the front seat of a 78 Chevy Caprice and they just oh kept, fantastic right and they just kept honking the horn and laughing hysterically <laughs> and we go over to see what the deal is and they're like it sounds so funny <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i'm like i get oh. that
0: because like when i watch the born identity those horns sound weird as shit
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah so the oh, same wow. applies
0: for them they thought our horns were weird
1: <laughs> that's fantastic but it's it's
0: good it's good to be exposed to all sorts of different culture and in different people and different ways of living and stuff like that from when you're little because then it shows you that the world is a really big place mm-hmm. and, and this yep. little corner of it that you kick around in so much when you're younger that you may think is everything is so not everything and <laughs> and that's where it's shit like like homophobia and racism and shit like that that's where I feel like it comes from is that mm-hmm. you know, these people they don't really get exposed to. Like, I had a friend in high school that always said the most racist shit, but every time I'd take him to Iowa City and, like, he'd be, like, around black people in a bar, he would be totally cool. And so then I'd just give him shit the whole way home. I'd be like... And you're like, why? I'm like, why do you fucking act like the dude from American History X is awesome when, when, like, I just saw you, like, engaged in a two-hour-long conversation with, like, super gay black dude that was dressed like a sexy angel or, like, a sexy <laughs> devil? <laughs> like,
1: what? Like, what? well, I feel like that is. I feel like that's how some people are. Where they are is influences their day to day activity, but when you actually get to the core of the person, that's not what they actually think or believe. Yeah, does that, that make would, sense? Like yeah, they have surface, um, surface, inner, surface, uh, attitude or reaction to, to things because of where they are. Yeah.
0: It, it's, it's just the, the, they, they think that that's what the status quo is and that's what they need to abide by. Mm-hmm. But then when they're outside of that status quo, they realize they don't need to act like that. And, and it's, not, I would really like to think that that applies to everybody, but I, I really think that there's some people out there who are just, it, it, like I remember do you remember when that shit was going on where there was that county clerk in Kentucky that was refusing to issue marriage license to gay people after it was mm-hmm. legalized in the state and she was like nope this is this is how I feel about it and I'm going to follow what
1: She was acting like my, a Karen.
0: Yeah, what my religious conscience says and it's like meanwhile she's like on her fourth marriage and it's like oh yeah. yes you like- really care about the sanctity of marriage don't you. And- yep. So that like people like that. And I remember discussing that with this one person and, and he wouldn't. And I was like, well, she's clearly doing that because she's homophobic. Well, you can't say that. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I can't say, well, you don't know what's in her heart. And I said, you judge people not by what they say, but you you should judge people by what they do. And what has Mm -hmm. she done, dude? I'm like, she's on her fourth marriage and, but she's refusing to grant marriage license to these happy couples Based on what her religious ideology? Well, clearly she's picking and choosing what to to go from from her religious ideology, because it, it mentions divorce as a sin way the fuck more than it does homosexuality. So I mean, yep. clearly you do not give a fuck about the Bible. You clearly you only care about following this fucking bullshit view of the world that that you think what two dudes can't get married because it makes you feel weird. Who fucking cares?
1: Yep, yeah. yep, my, I thought about that at an early age too. But now I was thinking back also, I had another memory of my my trip to hang out with exchange students. Um, so that big Saturday night party where you had the, the sock hop in the gym, like lots of people had their flags of their home countries, and it was like for a variety of music. Like they mixed everything of everybody's favorites together, so it was fantastic. That's awesome, but I but I ended up uh, befriending a really good-looking German boy, and uh, I may or may not have uh, ended up making out in the stairwell outside the gym. <laughs> oh yeah, for the rest of the night <laughs> to where uh, my teachers and uh, other fellow students had to come find me. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he was staying in Topeka, and he wanted me to go to prom with him so bad, which I wanted to go. And my mom and dad are just like, "No, <laughs> like we're not sending you to Topeka. Like that's a big city, and you know he's an exchange student. Like this is ludicrous." And I was like, "You can talk to his like host family. Like talk like talked on the phone." And my parents are just like, "Yeah, no, we're not going to do it." So of course I was like devastated. And always, I always wonder every soft so and like. I wonder what he's doing. I wonder if he's okay. Like, like what's he doing in his life now? Like, does he still live in Germany? Did he move to like Finland or something? But yeah, but no, I got, well, with those other students that were from my hometown, totally like gave me shit for it. And not in a good way. They're like, make, tried to make me feel bad for making out with a dude, basically. But
0: Is that your dog snoring in the background?
1: Yes. (laughs) I'm so used to it. (laughs)
0: Like, like, that's totally got to be her dog snoring.
1: (laughs) Yep. She's snoozing. That
0: is so cute.
1: She's still chilling. She hasn't even wanted to go outside yet. And I'm not going to make her. She's like 10 years old, so I just let her tell me what she wants.
0: That's the best policy, yeah.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wish I could somehow through the internet find my my German friend. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was the one kid that was out making out in the hallways. Yeah.
0: I yeah, I, I remember I had a girlfriend in in middle school, and we did that at like a high school football game. We're like making out all over. The, like in like in retrospect, I look back and I'm like, that is so embarrassing. <laughs> Like, is, you know, I'm not like a PDA person. <laughs> so the thought is, like, the, Do you ever have that happen though, where you realize that, that the adult you turned into is like so radically different from the teenager that you were? I'm not. You're not? <laughs> like in some ways I am. And in some ways I am so not. Like um, when I was in high school, I had uh, a loud like subwoofer bass stereo system in my car. To the point where, like, mm-hmm. the math teacher came down and talked to me, like, in shop class one morning, and said, uh, "Hey, can you not turn your radio up right when you get out of school for early release? Because you're making the the classroom windows rattle when you drive by." And I'm like, "That's awesome,"
1: <laughs> but now as an adult, now I'm, I'm like... going to turn it up
0: twice. <laughs> yeah, but now as an adult, I'm like, "Oh, I don't like that look at me behavior." I can't believe, like, I used to do that so much, and it, it, it horrifies
1: <laughs> me. Now. <laughs> used to be like that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know for me. Like I, when stuff like that does happen when young kids, I mean, I guess where I live now, all of the houses are so close. I'm outside downtown Kansas city and where I am. It's just like a, you name it, you know, that age, that demographic, whatever lives in my neighborhood. It's just a crazy mix, and so we do have like you know the teenagers with live music, and you know this house, all the windows should be replaced, but I'm renting, and the two front windows are replaced, and that's about it. So I just roll with it, but you can hear all of that stuff, and it I don't know it it makes my heart happy because it brings me back to those moments of being young. Yeah. So I just yeah, roll with it. With that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I I don't I like I know I'm 40, but like I don't feel it. I don't know how to explain it. And it's even happened in the salon where I'm doing it like a new client's hair, and you know we start talking about things, and I don't know if it's just the way I carry myself or just. I guess maybe I'm, I'll always be immature or whatever. But I'll have like somebody in my chair who's like 35, and they're talking about stuff. And I'll be like, oh, no, no, I was like, yeah, but man, being 40 is crazy. And they look at me and they're like, you're 40. I'm like, yes. And they're like, I had no idea. I was like, I thought you were like maybe in your late 20s. And I was like, thank you. But I wish. <laughs>
0: like, I thought you were younger than me, too. <laughs>
1: And so I'm like, I think I just act like a spaz and that's just kind of what happens. I don't know. I, I haven't found the guidebook on how to be 40 yet. <laughs> well,
0: I, I've met you in person a couple of times. I, I thought you just looked younger. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's all the drinking and smoking I do. <laughs> I'm like, thank God I do that. Otherwise, I'd probably look like I was 11. <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that's what kids. Of the main that reason- means I
1: drink and smoke a lot. <laughs>
0: that's one of the main reasons I I never shave my beard off is that I'd look like a big fat twelve year old. That's not cool. Oh. <laughs> that's not. I mean, hey, if if there's some big fat twelve year old enthusiasts out there, then I don't want to rain on your parade. I just don't want to look like
1: that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny.
1: That's
0: funny. But I mean, I think that's just like a Stark thing. Like a lot of the people on that side of the family, like, like when my dad turned fifty, he still looked like he was in his thirties.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, it's yeah, it's one of those things that. But I mean, I, and I've got gray starting in my beard, but I'll still occasionally get carded, which always feels nice. <laughs> Like I remember Mm -hmm. being annoyed by it when I was younger, but now I've reached the age where it's like, Well, thank you there, young man.
1: Where you secretly like have your hand like close to your back pocket (laughs) waiting for them to ask. They're like, Hey, and you're like, Oh yes, there it is. I remember one time Please react to it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I remember one time I was buying beer and I like just pulled it out and had it in my hand, and the cashier who looked like she was like a high school teenager, looks at me, looks at my card, looks back at me and goes, I don't need that And I went, you just totally looked at my face and made a judgment call. And then she was like, well, I no, started stammering. I'm like, I'm kidding with you. It's okay. I'm old as fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a gal uh, not too long ago. I went to go snag some cigarettes and she's like, can I see your idea? I was like, yeah. And you know, I was born in 79 and she looks at it. She looks at me. She looks at it again, looks at me. She goes, you're born in the seventies. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. She's like, Oh my god, I thought you were close to my age. And I was like, Thank you again, dear. I love you. I'll I will frequent here all the time only when you're working, <laughs> you
0: know? <laughs> I was gonna say she was giving you a compliment, but it almost didn't sound like a
1: compliment. <laughs> right. It's like yeah, I was born in the seventies. I mean like, in the tail end of it. Which I still find I'm I'm still a little proud of that. I'm not gonna lie. When's your birthday? Uh, it's in September. September. Okay,
0: yeah, mine's in October. So you're just a little a year, little over a year older than me. Then, Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, but I just like having that 1979 (laughs) on there. I don't know. I just like the seven. The seven makes me happy.
0: (laughs) Well, I can say that I was born during a leap year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh! So yeah, with leap years. Sorry, I'm going to go off on a tangent a little bit. Um, One of my clients. Yeah, one of my clients uh, was telling me. these friends of hers, uh, they were, they've were they been engaged in waiting to get married and stuff uh, for a couple of years. And they were thinking about doing their wedding this year, but then they realized it was a leap year and it's considered bad luck, And which was something I'd never heard before. I'd
0: never heard that either.
1: Yeah, and I was like, hmm, well, considering that 2020 was a leap year... I think these people have, I I believe whatever they say, (laughs) I'm going to go with that. (laughs) But yeah, the people that have been, had scheduled weddings this year that have had to push them off or do alternative options and make different decisions to become one in union. It's, it's, you know, it's a little heartbreaking. It's a little sad, but
0: imagine how much money you could save having a zoom wedding though. Right. Zoom reception. Oh.
1: <laughs> okay, It's like, tonight so, we'll be
0: serving whatever the fuck you make yourself.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, one of my favorite places in Kansas City is Union Station. Like, my grandpa grew up working on Union, Union Pacific. Like, he built railroad, like, by hand, like, laying ties, pounding the nails, all of that. So, we've always kind of been like a train you know, family. Like, for whatever that means. But... Um, we love train stations. I love union station. It's just a gorgeous building. And like, I went and saw the steam engine that traveled through, um, before all of this COVID stuff happened, which I'm thankful I got to go see, but people have proms, there, events, fashion shows, weddings in the main hall of union station. None of that's been able to happen. And I got an email the other day that said, Book your event with us for half the cost, but you have to book it like sometime this summer. And I've always just in my head, I'm like, if I ever got married, if I ever decided to do that, like, this would be where I'd want to get married. And so now everything's half price. You can bring up to the recommended number of people that you can have, and then they will film everything and put it on like a on a streaming service where up to 250 other people can watch the ceremony or whatever your event is that's happening. And I'm just like one, I would never be able to book it regular, but now that it's half price, I'm like, God damn it.
0: <laughs> like, Where's that German guy?
1: <laughs> right? I'm like, ah, oh. but no, like I would go down there and just walk around on some weekends and just, just put my headphones in and, Listen to music or podcasts or whatever, and just like I've seen it a million times, but it's just such a beautiful structure. And when they remodeled it, and I wouldn't say remodeled it, when they brought it back to life, it it's just so pretty. It's such an amazing structure.
0: Yeah, that's that. I've been only been to Kansas City a couple times, and I've never seen that. But that sounds really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Trains is one of those things where. You know, outside of just, you know, freight trains that you see occasionally, um, don't see too much of it in Iowa. Uh, I've, I've ridden like public transit, like on a subway before, not a subway, but the, the elevated train to Chicago before. And, and so that's, I'm pretty sure that's the only time I've actually ridden a train and I thought it was really, really cool. Uh, was a, a novel experience for a kid from small town, Iowa, uh, mm-hmm. but, um, so with trains like that, like do you, have you ever considered pursuing like uh, like model trains or anything like that?
1: Um it's it has definitely been something that where I'm like I just simple like around a Christmas tree as one of my decors. Oh that's but, awesome. like an actual like getting into it is like if you're doing like the legit model train stuff, like Maybe when I retire and I have, like, extra space to do something like that, that would be something I'd want to explore. But at the back of Union Station is where they have all of their model train sets. So there's, like, you know, a big one that goes all the way around in, like, different pockets of different scenes of others. And, of course, there's, like, a Kansas City one. But when you look at the circuitry work, like the switchboard, like the panels of everything that connects – you know not only the trains and the tracks but the lights of the buildings and other things happening in those it's insane like uh it's it's more than just you know connecting a few plastic trains and putting them on a track there's a lot of work
0: oh, that goes so into it i mean especially if yeah. you have it like one of the real detailed things you know where it, where it looks like the city map from beetlejuice you know mm-hmm. like, like oh, that, yeah. that level of um, you know, where you're getting into like all the miniatures and then you're having to buy them and then paint them and then craft everything yourself to make it, you know, look like an actual cityscape or countryscape or whatever that the trains, everything you're going through. It's fascinating to look at, but it just seems like one of those hobbies that would be a total slippery slope where like you're saying, you'd need like an extra bedroom or Mm -hmm. something like that to really have it set up. in
1: Yeah. I think one of my uncles started doing that in his basement. Like they, That's just something he decided to do in his retirement. And I mean, it. I think maybe what he has set up is the size of like a king size bed. Like it's, and that's just basic. Like, I don't think you can start any smaller than that. I think that's just like a basic concept. But yeah, it would be fun. But um, what I would like to do Someday, like if it comes back, but that big steam engine that they refurbished and had traveled through parts of the U.S. this past year. Um, I hope they do the tour again. And if they do, I would love to find a starting point and follow it for like maybe start in Houston and follow it up to Kansas City just to follow it. Because when it was here in town, I watched it leave Union Station Oh, big old steam engine. That thing, I mean, you talk about metal. That's like horns upon horns. <laughs> like, it's the most metal thing I've ever seen. Um, cool. <laughs> and so I was at Union Station, watched it leave, and then I stayed there and had the brunch at the Harveys, which, you know, like the old school Harveys back in the day at train stations. Mm-hmm. And I kept tracking it on my phone, seeing where it was going. And I was like, it doesn't move that fast. It's like 40, 45 miles an hour because they're stopping at each little depot, each small town. So it can't really pick up its full speed until it has, you know, like a good section of mileage to build up to that. And I was like, maybe I should just finish eating and then get on the back highway 40 and just follow it. And that's pretty much what I did for an entire uh, Monday afternoon. Oh, that's cool. Finished Yeah, finished my brunch and then got on the back highways. And I could see where it had been because you could still see the, the smoke and the steam and also the numerous vehicles that are on a highway that's never traveled. And then I got ahead of the engine and was able to park and walk up to where the tracks were, kind of like in an open field. So then you could really just see it, like, blow by versus at Union Station. You kind of had to stand back. Yeah taking off because it does expel a lot of steam. You can't be close to it. like You're going to melt your face.
0: <laughs> oh, Steam burns are the worst. Yeah. I mean, burns suck, but getting them from steam is... Yeah, I did enough food service work on hot tables to know that that shit sucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's really, really uh, fascinating, though, and that's something I did not know about you.
1: Yeah. There's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's things like that that a lot of people don't know. I know it's just stuff that I, I mean, I went and did it by myself on a Monday afternoon. Of course, I shared the photos with my family because that was like our thing. But I didn't post a lot on social media or anything like that.
0: Sure. Um, when, when this locomotive was going through, was it pulling any cars or was it just the engine by itself?
1: Um, it was the engine and then there's the sleeping car for all the people that work on it. Because I think, uh, trying to remember all the stats.
0: Oh, it takes a crew to operate, it, if that makes
1: sense. Yeah. I mean I would say it was at least a dozen people working on it. And then you have, you know, when it stops, then they have a car that um, you can take a tour through. So it has that car on it. And I think there were a few others after that. So it wasn't it wasn't hauling a lot, but just the basics to get it to get it to where it needs to go from point A to point B.
0: That is really cool.
1: Mm hmm. What do they call it? they the 1880. I don't, but it has like, ah, oh, yeah, it's just, it's this huge metal thing. It was just, you think of the old school trains or even like you go back to like, you know, back to the future three, like, you know, right. just, <laughs> this, it's not like that. The thing is like massive. It's huge.
0: <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, have, have you ever seen those videos on YouTube of like the, the, the model train? Or just the train enthusiasts that are getting, like, super stoked when they see rare trains? No. It's hilarious. Nice. (laughs) It's, like, total, like, dad boner guys where they probably have, like, Velcro wallets and New Balance shoes. (laughs) They're just so stoked to be seeing, like, you know, whatever. (laughs) Like wow, that's a 1937, blah, blah, blah. And then the train whistle blows and they're almost coming in their pants because they're so excited about it.
1: (laughs) Uh. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) That's ridiculous.
0: (laughs) But that's one of those things where it's like, everybody should have a thing. Everybody Mm -hmm. should have something that's, that is benign. That that they are really stoked over, and they can do because when you when you don't have some sort of hobby or something like that that you can be passionate over, that's when you. I, I think that's when the bad shit creeps in.
1: Yep, I think too so much too. much
0: energy in your body, and you you haven't expelled it, and so now it's starting to come out in negative ways instead. It's like, dude, go go tend some flowers, or or build a model train set in your basement, or or whatever you know.
1: Hmm. Well, and for me, it would, like especially like with this train, you know, I mean, the model trains might be good when I retire, but like, if I was like an engineer and they're like, "Hey, do you want to jump on and help us?" I be like, "Yes." So it's like the construction of the actual train, like the size of it and the engineering of it and how it works—it just fascinates me. But yeah, talking about people having hobbies and stuff like that—that that was one thing I wondered about people during the lockdown that couldn't work or you know things really shifted like did people pick up new hobbies were they listening to the celebrities and learning foreign languages or learning a new skill set <laughs> you know
0: there was a documentary that uh on the podcast my one black friend and my one white friend uh mm-hmm. uh the the host on that uh docum he brought up a documentary about some dude in New York that spent about half of his life in prison Because he keeps, uh, basically just walking in and taking a train (laughs) and like, what? yeah, he like just goes in and like gets like a job or whatever to, to where he can get close. And then he eventually gets in and takes the train out and actually follows all the regulations, stops at every stop, gets everybody dropped off and everything, does everything fine. And then they eventually catch him and find out that he's doing this and they send him to prison and then he gets out and he goes and does it again. And now he's like an old man. He's like in his sixties and he spent about half of his life in jail just for doing this one thing that is pretty much a victimless crime. It was, it was kind that is, fascinating when he was talking about it.
1: Yeah. I'd like to check that out, but <laughs> spending half your life behind bars for a victimless crime, that sounds like something that was kind of fun and enjoyable and really didn't do anybody any harm.
0: Yeah, it, apparently the guy did it for the first time when he was 15. Wow. I know. So it's like that guy's like a trained enthusiast and also apparently likes the, that state provided three hots and a cot. Like, what is up with that? I don't know. That's some weird shit going on right there. But it, it sounded like a pretty fascinating documentary. I didn't catch the name of it, but the, the subject matter, you know, definitely
1: stuck with me. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd like to check that out. That sounds pretty interesting.
0: <laughs> Have you been watching very much stuff lately? Kind of since you were, you know, on quarantine
1: <laughs> for a while off work? Yeah, that's like the thing. And the first which is weird cuz my clients, they ask me that's like a, a one of the things. I mean, that's how I even got involved in this whole PCL army was
0: Cause you were the pop culture could, person that your clients
1: would talk to. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't watch and read everything. So I was looking for a podcast to help me with that. That is so like, awesome. if I, if, <laughs> it's like, if I listen to people talk about it, then at least I have some background information so I can either play it off or be like, Oh yeah, I heard about that. Oh, I heard about that. I heard the second episode is like really good though. <laughs> you need to stick on to it. But, um, <laughs> and so that's how I even found the podcast so I could um, communicate with my clients better.
0: That's really cool. <laughs> um, and, uh,
1: yeah, so it's always, I mean, I like TV and movies. I always have. like, uh, And now coming back after the lockdown, they're like, so what have you been watching? And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, it's been just so much more than what I would do on the regular that it's hard for me to be like, Okay. First thing was uh, I watched Tiger King. Did you watch that? Okay. We talk about that. I mean, that was two months ago. Is that relevant still? I don't know. Um, I don't
0: know if it's still relevant or not, but like what a time for that to come out, right?
1: It was so weird. And it was so weird. And then I found out through, you know, Facebook and social media that um, Joe Exotic was uh, born in Kansas and spent his first part of his life. Out in Garden City. So, yay. (laughs) Hashtag Kansas. Um, And I didn't double down to see if that was actually true. That was just whatever. (laughs) Just stuff I read on Facebook. But
0: I resisted Tiger King for a long time, but then eventually I (laughs) wanted to understand the memes. And then when I did watch it, I got totally enraptured and ended up binging it.
1: Yeah, you can't help it. And the way that they edited and filmed it left you hanging, like with each episode. Like it was a it was a weird docu series in itself Agreed. when it came to just the structure. So yeah, <laughs> like no, it I went totally all over agree. the place.
0: Yeah, it, it did. It, but they they did edit it in such a way that it did compel you to want to watch the next episode. Mm-hmm. But at its heart yep. almost everybody involved were were real pieces of shit. I mean, the the individual workers who had worked at the the zoo that they were talking to like there was the uh,
1: the dude that got his arm eaten? Yes. What? And
0: like okay, like ah. that's a really good person <laughs> right there, you know, cuz in that
1: And you can tell. Exactly. I mean- so
0: the ones that actually worked with the 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 tigers and stuff and weren't the ones raking in all this money and because manipulating everything. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, they weren't being kind of tainted by the big money side of it. They were more, they were doing this because they loved these cats and they wanted to take care of them. And so I can see why they edited and produced the the documentary the way they did, because I mean, the way that all the major news outlets and everything are functioning now, it's that you got to try and sensationalize everything to make people consume it. But, but I, I do think that they – the the biggest regret that I had with, with Tiger King is that they didn't focus more on they, – they glorified the wrong aspects of it. Like it, the
1: people mm-hmm. who came
0: away being like, Jill Exotic's awesome. It's like you didn't walk away from that saying, wow, that he's a piece of shit human being.
1: That's so weird. Yeah. Well, and then I found out also through my hometown people on the Meads um, – there was a girl about five years ago. She was high school age, um, but she'd been diagnosed. I think she'd had a, like a lifelong brain tumor and had been fighting it her entire childhood. And the doctor gave her, you know, the her timeline. And there was nothing more that could be done. So she made like a wish list. I'm being like, this is very abridged. Of what I'm saying of what it actually was But basically made a wish list of things That she wanted to do before her time was done And one of them was Pet baby tigers So from what I understand um, Somehow there was communication with Joe Exotic He actually came up to my hometown At some point five years ago With his tigers And went to go visit her and brought the tigers to her The cubs to For her to pet
0: Well, that's pretty, I mean, see, in that I aspect know, right? of it is great, but the fact that the the road that you have to follow to how he got those baby tigers, yep. is that's the really sad part.
1: Well, I think that was like the weird thing, like seeing people from my home community kind of respond and react to the documentary versus what they experienced. I mean, that had to be just uncomfortable or a little weird to just process.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Because the, the- it was for a good cause And he didn't charge them anything He did it out of the kindness of his heart To where you're just like Ugh That's so bizarre so, so weird And one of his original songs One of his actual Legit songs He wrote a song about her About this girl And made a music video about it
0: Wow mm-hmm. He's definitely a weird person Mm -hmm. But like we were saying earlier, people are varied and they have odd motivations. (laughs) Mm So, I mean, I mean, clearly there was some, but they also kind of covered that towards the end of the doc too, saying that, you know, like when, when he first started out, like he, he wasn't coming from it from a bad place, but he got kind of twisted over time into doing what he did.
1: See, and that go, that goes back to the fucking just government stuff. Like people start making money. They get the taste of power. And it changes people. Yeah, yeah, pretty soon. It changes their their environment. Mm -hmm. It changes how they treat people or even creatures around them. Yeah, eliminate power and we're good. I'm good. (laughs) Power and hate, get rid of it, and I'm good. (laughs) But yeah, just even in that aspect, you could see how it transitioned. Because I do think that he was just a, a simple guy that just had this dream and it built up and some of it, like he was like losing control. He couldn't control all of it. And, but he still had the taste of the power and other powers tried to intercede and it just made everything just like bonkers.
0: Yeah. And apparently they were all on meth. (laughs) Like what the fuck?
1: Well, did you watch the, the post episode uh, with Joel McHale? Yeah. And like that one guy's like, I did. He's like, but I was not. He's like, I had quit it by then. He's like, I wasn't on it by then. I'm not. I'm not a meth addict.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it, a lot of them, you know, look like the stereotypical meth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like the shit that he was saying with like the two guys that he married, and they're both like, uh, we're we're not even gay. And it's like he just like all crystal methed up, and then he just married like this crafty gay dude. Like what? I don't know that all of that was so, I mean, it's like, you know, Hey, do what you do, man. But like, it it just all seems so fucking strange, man. Like what a,
1: it all seems strange. What a weird, it's
0: just, it goes back to, you know, the weird ways that some people live. Um, Mm -hmm. and for so many of those people that like lived and worked at that zoo, man, they lived in an odd reality for a long time.
1: It's, and that's another thing. People, um, acclimate and get used to what is controlling them or surrounding them too.
0: Yeah, that's right. There's, there's almost a certain comfort in the status quo with certain people, even if the status quo doesn't benefit them. I mean, that's, I don't know, kind of to dip back into politically a little bit. One of the, one of the things that my, my dad's always been a lifelong staunch Democrat. He's been, worked for the same company and part of a union for as long as I can remember. And and one of the his little nuggets of wisdom is he's always said, "Why would you vote for the same candidate that the person who owns your multi-million-dollar company would vote for?" Like, don't don't you think that you might have different, you know, if not values, definitely different economic motivations. Yeah, concepts. Yeah, exactly. And so and so maybe it's because I grew up that way, or. I, I don't know, but I've never been able to, as a result of that, I've never really been able to understand blue collar Republicans where it's like, really? Like all these, the, the amount of people who just love, feverately love Donald Trump. It's like, do you really think that he would ever even fucking shake hands with you? <laughs> like, they, you see pictures of the guy's house? Like everything was tacky gold plated.
1: Like this, mm-hmm. like, if it if, if it was a good photo opportunity or it benefited him in some way. You would shake your hand.
0: Yeah. But otherwise it's like, like, I don't understand poor people voting for people that want to not do things to help them. Like when you look at the amount of people that require assistance in Kentucky, but then you got like fucking people that look like, like the human turtle man, fucking Mitch McConnell will do everything (laughs) to not like help poor people. But it's like, dude, you're, country takes the most amount out of the federal pot or your state takes so much out of the federal pot and you're going to act like that's not true that you don't have a whole bunch of really destitute poor people in the rural counties of Kentucky are you fucking shitting me? Mm -hmm. So I I don't see. I And then a lot of people say that ultimately, you know, both parties are just the same and all they want to do is retain power. But it's like, I don't know when, when one of them is like out and out doing things, that only benefit the super wealthy, like the most fucked up thing that happened, is like everybody got that twelve hundred dollar check, like that was going to help them with anything. But then companies got Ooh. like four hundred billion in bailouts, and it's like,
1: what? Yep, I still have yet to see my money. So, wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, that really yep. helped you out when you you weren't able to go and cut hair for for would you say two months? Yep.
1: Being s- yep. So being self-employed and I did not even – there wasn't even anything in my mailbox that said – not even a letter that said like, hey, your check's coming or here's the situation. Like nothing. And I don't know if it's because like I moved in the past year and a half to where I am now or or what the deal is. But I'm like, well, there that is. Not wow. at did all. Did you
0: direct deposit your taxes last year? Uh-uh. Okay. I was gonna say because we direct deposited, so we got ours. But
1: so I'm guessing that's just part of it. But
0: that could have been. It. See, that's I heard the, the federal were money held up because he wanted the IRS to print them with his name on it, because he wanted people who got the paper checks to to think that they were getting the money yeah. directly from him.
1: Well, then maybe I don't want it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's, he's a and fucking just,
0: orange cunt, but it's a safe. If anybody wants to give me $1,200, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a thing too. So I'm not worried. I'm not even worried about that coming. It's uh, all of the back stuff from the state that I've had to work on. And it's just been a headache because our state of Kansas is so behind. They were hiring people from other departments to just answer phones just to put a band aid on things. Yeah. Like they had no answers, no resolve. They hired and paid people just to pick up the phone because they were getting so bombarded. Um, uh, from one of my clients, they told me, he's like, Oh, it's going to be while until you're going to see your money for sure. It's like, you know that their computer systems are still from the eighties. Right. I was like, Nope. What? So they probably still have the DOS computers. Yeah.
0: That's unbelievable.
1: Right. And this is coming from a client that I trust where he's like, yeah, their 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 whole system is like twenty years behind. I was like, <laughs> which that's technically more than twenty years. That's like forty years behind. But
0: um, <laughs> see, I don't see how we can be such a wealthy country and have the problems we do. But mm-hmm. I mean, but then again, like I, I don't know. Is, is there? This isn't something I've really looked up, so I'm the, I'm running the risk of just sounding like a moron to people who are more well informed on this. But it's like. I don't really know what the – I'm pretty sure that the, the defense budget and stuff like that, the military gets the biggest slice of that pie of what all of our tax dollars go to. But it, it's kind of weird that they would spend that much money on that thing. And then when you consider what a relatively small amount it would take to provide universal health care, to v- provide mm-hmm. better food assistance to the people who need it, like that's such a small slice in comparison to what the military spending is. But for whatever reason, the Republican Party just says no, fuck that, and it's like, aren't you the party of the moral majority? Like you're the ones who want to like pass laws based on the fucking Bible, but you don't even want to do things to take care of people. I don't. I yeah. I don't understand it. it. It seems like there's so many things on both sides of the aisle where they do things that don't make sense. But and, and again, I don't know if this because the way I was raised or what, but. The Republican side really pisses me off a lot more and it seems to be the the hypocrisy on their side that they want to try and legislate the Bible but at the same time they don't want to follow Christ's teachings.
1: Yeah, it, but you can't, you know, separate church and state.
0: But it's not a separation for those people. Those are the nope. a lot of those people are the ones that like they really really you know, like going back to the gay marriage thing. They want to say that gays can't get married because it says so in the Bible. It's like, well, doesn't it also say to love your brother and, and love is the greatest commandment? Doesn't it also say that in the Bible?
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, with people um, sharing their opinions about these protests that, you know, some have turned into riots and looting. Yes. Some have not, people. Um, but it's just like one of those things where, you know, people are now like, you know, looking like all of the protests and people down like protests. Over various things for years and years and years, but I'm like, I remember you know, if you want to get biblical, I remember Jesus flipped a table or two in protest. So, this is true, it's a thing. So, and if you want to go into uh, I'm like, my personal opinion is like, with everything going on right now, yeah, I don't think Jesus would be stealing a Lego set, but I think he would be out with people voicing. In supporting and being with the Black community and saying Black Lives Matter.
0: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I agree with yep. that too.
1: So that's just my sentiment and that's my belief. So that's what I stick with. Yeah, I think I think the <laughs> most
0: powerful meme that's come out of that is the the one with Colin Kaepernick kneeling, and then the picture of the officer kneeling with mm-hmm. his knee on that on that guy's neck, and saying, you know, if you have a problem with this, but you don't have a problem with this, get the fuck out of here. And I totally agree with that. And yeah, Colin Kaepernick, the people who had a problem with that, that were freaking out is like, you guys are, you're, you're talking about apples and oranges. You're saying it's mm-hmm. disrespectful to the national anthem that he's doing this. And it's like, he's doing, he's bringing to light something that's absolutely freaking horrible. And right. Yeah. Well, I and if you, know. if, if you, can
1: everybody out read out. the lyrics of the third verse of the national anthem, just check it out. Just check out the lyrics. Then, then tell me about the national anthem. But <laughs> I have yeah, to say, I
0: think cool. I've maybe heard the full national anthem a couple times. Otherwise, we generally only ever hear the first verse, right?
1: Yep, we do. But <laughs> yeah, that was one of those things when him kneeling. Of course, you know when that was all happening, and I had went back to my hometown to go hang out with family. My dad's usually been pretty chill and non political my entire life. But now that he's, uh, he retired from his main job that he had for 30 years, is now working another job that's not as physical, but he's still working. And since this whole Trump thing happened, like he's become like, I come home and it's just like Fox News on the TV full time. And like, you know, where I grew up, it is, it is, you know, like, different from what you said that you were exposed to, like it, it's just blue collar workers, you know, like my grandpa worked on the railroad and, you know, we have the farmers and, you know, anything else. I mean, nobody has a white collar in my community <laughs> except for like the one or two liars or the optometrist. but um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, so I've been exposed and raised in, certain beliefs or ideologies and um, moral things. And that's what I was saying earlier. It's like, I don't know when my shift happened or if it's something that was always innate in me that finally just one day was like, this isn't right. Like this, this is backwards. It feels weird. And I don't like it because I know like towards the end of my junior year and I could tell it was in full swing my senior year because I didn't even want to be at my high school anymore I started taking like college classes and stuff like that. And I was just over my hometown. Like, I was just like, everybody's racist. This is weird. I don't want to be here. But trying to talk to my dad now that he's in this weird, weird bubble. And especially during that Kaepernick thing and trying to peacefully explain things or talk to him about some of that. And, trying to open his mind a little bit why this guy was doing what he was doing was very, very difficult. It was, yeah, to where I was just like, I think we just need to change the channel, Dad, and not talk about it anymore. Because I'm here for family time, not my dad's being pissed off at football guy.
0: It's crazy how much you see that stuff in the comment sections on Facebook too. Where, you know, somebody will post something and then you can tell a clearly older family member, you know, comes in and spouts a bunch of shit where it's like, wow, dude, you are, do you just get everything from Fox News? <laughs> like, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? And But, I mean, the, the same goes for people who only get stuff from, say, like CNN or something like that. You really mm-hmm. need to, there was a really awesome chart that was shared a while back that kind of showed all the different major news outlets and kind of where they fall out on the spectrum and 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 what you can, you know, which ones are really good to read. But like generally I try not to read any of the articles from the ones that are, that are on the extremes, because it's just going to be way, it's just going to be portrayed in this light that is going to be clearly partisan one way or the other. Usually and, it is. And right now I'm so disenfranchised with what's going on in Washington and just how giant, of a of a liar and a and a hypocrite and just an all around terrible person that that Donald Trump is. It's 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 just yeah. fully disgusting to me. I mean no wonder were you no wonder I'm wanting to spend all my time in Animal Crossing.
1: <laughs> right, but were you not I was um to be honest, I was kind of shocked that he made a tweet about the death of George and said that like the FBI is going to handle this and handle it swiftly or whatever he said. Yeah. Like I had to look up to see if that was an actual tweet. Because I was physically surprised.
0: Oh, his his one that Twitter removed where he said the, when the looting starts, the shooting starts?
1: Well, no, no, no. The one about saying um, looking into investigating the police officers for George's death.
0: Oh, yeah. He tweeted that too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's I, there's so much. We're always like, know. "What?" Clearly, Trump is clearly out of his fucking mind. <laughs> I mean, like, he seems to just be like a weather vane. Like, mm-hmm. no matter which way is, I don't know. He's it's going to be interesting to see what happens in November because the DNC um, trying to shove Biden down people's throats. It's like what? It's like how how do we get to the point where we have these two? ancient freaking people that are both clearly not in their full mental capacity. Like how do we have these people is, is our two choices in November. Yeah. It's so fucked up.
1: This is where right now we need either like Jesus to return as a third party candidate or Michelle Obama. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. I don't know. But the, did you see the, the statement that, that president Obama released?
1: Uh-uh.
0: It was th- that, those are the words of a fucking president. B- like he basically had this compassionate thing listed out, saying this is terrible. It, it's terrible this happens, and it needs to be addressed. And it, it was handled in in a in a professional way. And that's like in my mind, I've always felt that that yeah, politics are what what they are, and it's going to be dirty. And yeah, to a, to a certain extent, every politician's a liar and. And whatnot, but you also need to have like this, this feeling of what word I'm searching for this, like this, I think the, the president needs to be grounded. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they're the ones that needs to be the voice of reason coming out and things like this. Whereas a lot of the stuff that Trump puts out, mm-hmm. whether he intends it to like inflame things or, or if it's just, he just has an abrasive personality and that's how it comes out. Or if it's because he's so embattled with the media that now he just, but it's like, really, he's always communicated like that. So he's just not the right person for the job. And it's clearly been shown that he's over his head. He's in over his head. The amount of shit that he talked when Obama was in office calling him the vacationer in chief and saying, oh, I wouldn't have time for golfing. And it's like, dude, you spend literally every weekend flying to Mar-a-Lago and then they're they're actively like hiding how much he's been charging the government because like he charges fucking cart rental and hotel room rental to secret service agents and shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you kidding? You're going and vacationing at your own resort and then you're charging your security staff that has to be there? Like, I don't know. It just seems like blatant fucking corruption to me. He, he goes in with his promises to his base that he's going to drain the swamp and really he just made it a million times worse. He made
1: it swampier. It, it was like he he, yeah, All he made swamp- it
0: swampier and then he, he also covered everything in petrol and started it on fire. <laughs>
1: it mm-hmm. was well, just weird. Well, and I love it when people pull up, like, past tweets of his during the Obama administration. yeah. Like, there's uh, the one about um, the riots in Ferguson, you know, in Missouri, St. Louis. It's like, our country is totally fractured, and with our weak leadership in Washington, you can expect Ferguson-type riots and looting in other places. That was in 2014. Mm. And there you go. Here's your son.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. We just keep going right back to the street. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't... But like we said earlier, I don't see how we don't. And, and quite honestly, if this is... if If I do we manage can't. to have conservative listeners out there, and if this is the one that makes them all say, I hate Joe Stark and I hate his show, then I don't care. I. Th- this is how I feel. And if, if, we, if you've gotten to 2020 and you're at this point where you still support this administration and this president. I don't know what to say beyond fuck you.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think that's just what it's coming down to. And that's kind of what I'm loving about what I see from people on social media right now. A lot of people that said like, I've been quiet for too long. Like as a white person, I'm outraged and I'm saying something now. And I think, we've hit that point. This is, this is happening. This is a moment in history that's going to change things. And if they don't do a, a quick trial of this police officer and they have yet to charge the other three. So I don't know how that, what that will entail, but all of this is happening right before an election. And if they don't like, they need to deal with the trial now because This is going to continue to happen until I would say justice is served. But I mean, I don't know, for the black community, there needs to be like some sort of reparations done, not necessarily monetarily, but at least like the government acknowledging decades and decades of just fucked up shit because it just has such a long history. In the United States that I think if they were just to address it and say, like, our country is fucked up and wrong decisions are made and we're addressing it, we're going to say something and take care of it somehow. I think that would like be a beginning a beginning step to repairing all the damage that's been done over all this time. Yeah, I mean,
0: it it needs to be done. All these communities that they need to be uplifted. The the
1: people who say Mm -hmm.
0: they need to pick themselves up by their bootstraps. It's like, well, they don't even have them. Flip Michigan still doesn't even have clean drinking water.
1: Right. And And some of these communities have never been given the bootstraps to lift themselves up with. Exactly.
0: And, you know, but hey, we, we have billions of dollars every year that we can spend on military contracts and shit like that. And in my mind, the most important bills that needs to go to the military are keep paying the troops, take care of the troops. But mm-hmm. as far as like that next fucking aircraft carry, it's like do we really need? another one could could we just feasibly go for a few years? with a really slimmed down military budget and a really beefed up social budget and just take care of our infrastructure and take care of these disenfranchised communities, build, build, build them some goddamn grocery stores. Even like a lot of these, mm-hmm. a lot of these people that live in these, you know, impoverished urban areas, they don't even have access to fresh vegetables and shit like that. And I, I don't know how we could be these, these people that are like, they just want to, beat their chest and just yell, America's the greatest. It's like, the, the, it's people not who want to make America great again. It's like, they need to make America great in the first place. I, I, mm-hmm. I feel like MAGA is like, uh, it's a throwback for white dudes wanting to go back to the way it was in the fifties. And it's like, yeah, the fifties were awesome for white dudes. They probably sucked pretty bad for everybody else. Uh, it
1: did because that was post-World War II where, The men were all gone at war and women were running everything in the homeland, taking care of stuff, building and constructing, and also still taking care of their children. Then the men come home from war and tell women, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. We need we need to feel like we need to feel like men again.
0: It's, it's weird. I, I love America, and I want to see America do better, and I believe America could do better, but I think it starts with taking care of its people. And I do, too. And the, the, the dirtiest, ugliest trick that government ever pulled was getting one group of poor people to blame another group of poor people for their problems. It's mm-hmm. have, have you seen that really great little short video where it has three people in a row, and um, they each have little stacks of Oreos in front of them? And so like the person on the left has got like, you know, like four Oreos and the person in the middle's got like four Oreos and then the person on the right's got like 30 Oreos, right? And so he taps his shoulder of the middle guy, points to the other guy on the end. And while he's looking at that guy, he takes three of his Oreos and puts them in his giant pile. And so that guy looks and sees he's only got one Oreo and looks at the guy with all of them, and goes, what the fuck? And then he points again at the person on the end and then the person in the middle starts yelling at the other poor person. Well, now this other guy has got to oh, just – it's like this is a clear example using snack food <laughs> of what is going on yep. you know, like in this country and just in the world it, 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 at large. These people in these corporations and stuff that just get obsessed with just stockpiling money. It's like for fucking what? It's
1: like, mm-hmm.
0: like, is it, I, I'm sure it just feels awesome to have a bank account with that many zeros in it, but I also don't know how you don't wake up every morning just – with just being burdened with guilt that you have all these resources at your disposal and you're not doing things to make the world better. Like, like that's one thing I'll say about Bill Gates. It's like, yeah, he did some dirty shit to get where he got, but look what he's doing with it now. You know, mm-hmm. it's, he's actually doing some pretty amazing stuff with his wealth and he, he, it looks like he's not turning it into some sort of family trust. He's making his kids work for themselves and, and, Like kudos to that sort of behavior, but there's too many of them out there that, that take that money and they just hoard it and they would just, well, we need to get that other, you know, vacation home on the, on the Cape and, and boy, Bob down at the country club, he, his yacht's a lot bigger than mine. And that just makes my dick really soft. It's like, dude, fucking do something good with your money. Help other people.
1: Yeah, I always said if I came into a big sum of money, that's what I would want to do. And I'd do it as much as I can on my level, but (laughs) my pocketbook is definitely not that big. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I'd do what I can. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And
1: I think there's some sort of statistic out there saying that the people that are in the lower side of middle class are the people that actually contribute to others the most. Well, Something yeah, I read because, like years ago. Well, because
0: they, they have the, the firsthand example of, oh, this is, I know what it's like for it to be tough. And, and, and so I'm going to help you because you, I see that you're struggling right now and, and I have the resource to help you. So I'm going to do it. That's one of the problems I've always had with, if you look at the amount of people that are in Congress that are millionaires, it's like, wow, we have a bunch of super wealthy people that are writing laws. Where the rest of the poor ass people in this country have to follow. How can you? Mm-hmm. How can you really accurately make laws and stuff and, and and do things to help out people that you don't understand? You here's one of the like if you if they made Joe King for a day, if they made me king for a day, this is what <laughs> I would do. I would say, okay, you're a legislator. You represent this district in Kentucky. Okay. Well, your salary is going to be the median income for the people in that district, and be like, "Well, but, but the people in my district are dirt poor. You're dirt poor now too, buddy." That's how you have <laughs> Figure to live. It out. If you you how are you going to be one of the people if you're living in a mansion on the hill above all the people? You're not with them. You're separated from them, and that's the way that so many of these so many of these legislators that supposedly represent us—they're not even living the same life as the majority of us. So I. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like so from the get-go, they're they're out of touch.
1: They're just yeah, they're just out of touch. They come from a different, um, a different branch of our country that is so far gone from anybody else. Yeah. And I like your idea, and I would <laughs> I would definitely agree with doing that.
0: <laughs> that the also other one would be a reality show.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, give me that reality right? show.
0: there's a comic book that came out not too long ago called on the stump and it's, it's almost like a, it's imagining this kind of like dystopian future where politics has become a a mix of like professional wrestling, mixed martial arts and politics. So like if a, if a Senator wants to get a bill passed, (laughs) they have to fight it out on the Senate floor. It was a fun. Oh, man. We covered issue one on number one comic books, and it was a fun read. It was weird. Nice. It was a weird book, but yeah. So on the stop if you want to read some political satire.
1: Yeah. That's fantastic. (laughs)
0: Ah. Oh, Amanda! So much of this show has been. Fucking
1: so, so, I know. So
0: ah! much of me and my stump being like rah rah and I'm so sorry about that.
1: You're such an old fart. <laughs> Get off my lawn.
0: <laughs> oh, we need to try and talk about something more lighthearted.
1: <laughs> well, something sort of lighthearted, I guess. I mean, it was like a something that happened also this week with everything going on, but it was more localized. But, well, not getting into more politics, but. Kansas City did have a regimented um, step-by-step to open up certain things. And the other part of our state government tried to um, pass a bill blocking our governor from continuing to do that. And she basically finally was like, whatever, if this is what you guys want, then open everything up because I've tried and you guys are being like little pissy kids. So go for it. So with that, um, out in a highway that connects um, Missouri to Kansas, there's some construction going on where it's like the one, the only one road where you have to wait for the guy with the sign that says drive, stop, you know, go. Uh, there is a dude that, you know, he's probably been in his home for eight weeks and is frustrated. Maybe he's jobless. Who knows? But apparently very, very stressed. He was driving and came upon this on one of the highways, or on that highway, and was not willing to wait. His patience was shot. It was done. So he started driving around people and got into the middle of the construction and everything and just lost his shit, had guns with him, and then just started shooting at cars and everything around him. So yeah, major. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. The lighthearted. The lighthearted part was—I mean, it was next to uh, Leavenworth here, which is Fort Leavenworth, uh, military base. So there was a master sergeant that was on the phone with his like significant other and was like, "Hey, I see an active shooter situation. I'm gonna go, but I'll talk to you soon." And Even though he's a master sergeant, a military person that has every right to have a weapon on him did not have any sort of firearm on him and uh, used his vehicle to subdue this active shooter. But then immediately after subduing him with his vehicle, like, you know, sort of ran him over, it got out of his vehicle and started performing CPR to make sure that this guy was alive. I just kind of think that part of it is, is pretty amazing. Like, nobody died. It was, I mean, all good, but yeah. Yeah, that is, Ob-
0: that is yeah, I mean, because he subdued the guy and then he also, made, that was kind of very Batman of him in a way, right?
1: Isn't it? Kind of. Or <laughs> was like, wow, this guy's is legit here. He's like, I don't have a gun, but I'm going to knock him down, but I'm going to make sure he's okay. It's like, brilliant, like, bravo, well done. So yeah, it's actual hero.
0: There was some <laughs> instance like that where it might have been over in the UK, maybe, where someone was like going after people with like he had like a knife or something like that, and then there were people who stopped him in traffic, and they they basically used like a, one of them might have had like a spear or something like that. God mm-hmm. damn it! I'm saying just enough of this story to sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I know I you know, saw I this that though, the where there was there were people and they were using stuff to like hold this guy back, and they were able to basically subdue him until cops came.
1: Wow, it's kind of I mean, I like it when good hero typey stuff where nobody gets hurt, stuff like that happens, and it's justified. Yeah,
0: see, and a, a lot of that stuff I'm kind of cynical on just because. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, in two thousand eight. Yeah, this would have been 2008. Um, I went through and and did all the classes and everything to get a concealed carry permit and mm-hmm. and like carried a gun with me for a while. And so while I was you know doing all that, I really got into it, reading a lot of different case files and stuff like that. And um, and also with the stuff that they said in in that class, they were like, yeah, if if you actually have to draw your gun and shoot somebody, they're like, don't ever try and start doing CPR on them. And I always thought that that was odd, but then their reasoning was, Weird. is that if you shoot somebody, you shot them because your life was in danger and you were afraid they were going to kill you. And when you shoot somebody, you shoot to kill. And it's like, whoa, I guess that makes sense though. But at the same time. I mean, time, it
1: sort of makes sense, but I mean, if uh, I don't know, like I don't ever want to be in a situation like that because I don't want to know what my reaction would be.
0: No. And like I was saying earlier, you know, if you walk around with a hammer and things start looking like nails, mm-hmm. I, I got to the point where for, for multiple reasons, I didn't feel comfortable carrying anymore. I, I still own a gun for, for self-defense and shit like that. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't even know if that'd be my first go-to if someone came in my house, though, because it's like I don't want to I don't want a bullet to miss the perpetrator and go through my wall and then go through my neighbor's wall and shoot them in their sleep or something like that. Or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, like inadvertently shoot someone. And most of the time when people own their own guns and they wake up in the middle of the night and go and shoot an intruder, they end up shooting a family member.
1: Yeah. I would never want that to happen. No, yeah, it's fucking
0: terrible. That's why my means of self-defense is a wooden katana sword.
1: (laughs) A <laughs> yeah, well, fat nutrition. bearded guy in his Better.
0: underwear Swinging a wooden sword at Give be a big
1: sword <laughs> yeah.
0: sword
1: would be much more badass too oh, yeah, or, like, great, right? like the intruder comes and you slice him in half And the cops are like So you're like He came in, sword <laughs> I'm sorry for the mess <laughs> like, I feel like I could be more precise With a sword too I don't know if it's because I practice martial arts for a while, but... What did you practice? I, uh, taekwondo. Nice. How long did you mm-hmm. do that for? Um, God, I, I should get back to it. I did it for about six years when I moved to Kansas City. And then when I bought a house, the distance was a little too far. And I'm saying that because it, it wasn't too far. I should have just driven to go, to go and do it. But I made it an excuse to be like, oh, it's too far to drive. I can't do this, but yeah. See, I did that for about six years. I was almost a black belt, and then I stopped.
0: Well, that's cool. See, I think Mm. I think everybody should have a thing. (laughs) So, I mean, that's one of those. That's one of those ones where when people say that, it's like like I, I, I. There, there might. I don't know if people like that actually do it like. I'm stumbling so much trying to spit this out the right way. <laughs> do you ever watch very much UFC?
1: Um, here and there. It depends on who I'm around or what the uh, popularity behind something is. So Taekwondo is one
0: of those things to where I feel like it's great for exercise and it's good to get out and moving. Mm-hmm. But but if you do one of those and you actually try and do Taekwondo stuff in a real fight, you're probably going to get destroyed.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a self defense. It's not an attack. No. It's a yeah. So like I I know all these like self defense moves. Uh, which ever... yeah, I had to use something a little bit once what? during my sister's bachelorette party. No way! What happened? <laughs> so God, how many years ago was that? How long has my sister been married? My nephew's seven. It's so about six, seven years ago. Um. Yeah. Um, me and my, my sister wanted like a city bachelorette party in Kansas city. So I planned all the things and, um, we went out the final night to power and light and went to a bar and everything was great. And wonderful. She had her sash. We were all dressed up. We got on a party bus, got back to the hotel and everybody, we had two rooms, two suites that we were sharing all together. And me and a couple of my sisters, not the one that was getting married, but my two other sisters and another gal that's basically like a sister to our family. Mm -hmm. She basically grew up with us. We were all going to go outside and take the elevator. And a couple of us were going to go have cigarettes. And we are at the elevator and these other girls came out of the elevator as we were waiting to go in. And these girls were like super young and they were completely obnoxious. And (laughs) Oh my God. Um, some sort of exchange happened where like we kind of like spattered at each other at the elevators. It's not something me and my family do. Like we don't try to fight with people. It's just not, but it was just enough of annoyance that they're like, duh, duh, duh. well, you guys are old and I'm like, well, whatever, you know, a couple smart ass comments back. And they were just super young girls that were, being blatantly rude and we didn't like it. And so we're, my group was getting ready to get on the elevator to go down. But then one of my other sisters was like, I'm not going to go down now. I'm going to go back to the room. I was like, all right. And she goes, Hey, watch this. And so I peer down the hallway, like, like where I'm standing, where the elevator is, but I'm tilting my head out into the hallway to watch my sister. And she goes stalking down the hallway and elbows one of the girls in the other group that left the elevator that was walking down the hallway. They reacted and started screaming and chasing after her. And I was like, Oh shit, here we go. (laughs) So I looked back at my baby sister and our friend and I was like, I need to go save Rachel right now. I was like, shit's going down. And so my baby sister started running with me and our other friend, I think she was just, more drunk than the rest of us and wasn't following completely. So we basically leave her at the elevator, unfortunately. And so I go chasing down the hallway because these girls are chasing after my other sister, my baby sister's following. So we run past those girls chasing my sister and I grab her and get into the room. Like she's pounding on the door. They open it. I shove her in. My baby sister gets in and like, we're barely closing the door and these girls are like reaching their arms in and screaming and, acting all sorts of psycho and i was like holy shit that was weird and my other sister that's getting married she's like what what what's going on we're like uh here's a little bit of what's happening we didn't say that my other sister elbowed the other girls but you know that was something that <laughs> came up later that
0: critical detail
1: <laughs> <laughs> right and that well, that was left out until way later Or rachel i told rachel's like i remember you elbowing those girls she's like okay. She's like, you saw that? And I was like, I did, Rachel. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> but that didn't go in the police report. But um, <laughs> um, so then the girls are screaming at us outside, pounding on the doors, covering up the people, And then it goes quiet for a little bit. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh shit, we forgot Desiree. And she's our family friend that we forgot at the elevator. And the girls start yelling, and we can hear Desiree start yelling and hollering. I look at the peephole, and like these girls are like have Desiree on the ground, like playgrounding her, like straddling her, and they're like punching her head. Oh, no. And this is like, yeah, this is like in a hotel in an area in Kansas City where, like, this is like the ritzy part where, like, the Johnson County people go to spend their money at Tiffany's and at the other fancy stores in the area. So like, I'm like, this is happening here. This is crazy. So that I was like, you know, Desiree is basically also one of my little sisters. And I was like, I need to fix this. So I open the door. There's like four of the other girls. One's on Desiree and the other three are like shouting and yelling. I open the door, go out and I jump on top of this other girl that's on Desiree. And I put my arm around her neck and then like grab my, sh- my opposite shoulder and like roll onto my back with her on top of me to choke her out. <laughs> and it was just like an automatic response, which is something I actually practice in Taekwondo, Not like knock the pole hole you don't choke your, you know, your friends out. But I was like, this is what I need to do. This is how I'll do it. And rolled on my back and I thought I had her long enough because she, she, she played possum. Oh, you A thought you choked chick. her out? I thought I choked her out. If I would have held on long enough, I think I would have because I was good and I was holding it. And then she kind of like stopped moving a little bit. But as soon – like you could tell as soon as my muscles shifted, she was up like a banshee. Like she then was like pulling my hair out. She bit my leg. Like uh. the other girls started going crazy. My sister started fighting them. Like it was this whole scene in, in this hallway. It was – I've never – been involved in anything like that before then or since but it was nuts it was so weird it was so wild <laughs> but uh yeah so have, like, a little bit of my talk when train came in <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was just like a hallway of girls fighting it was ridiculous Wow! and the poor old security guard the security guard for the hotel like he looked like he was probably like an 80 year old man he's standing at the end of the hallway with like Whatever, like whatever, his walkie-talkie and a flashlight, and he's just kind of standing way away from us. And I was just like, oh, that poor guy, because <laughs> he didn't know what to do. And I'm glad he didn't get involved because, oh, uh, who knows what would happen. But yeah, we all brawled in the hallway and torn clothing, like pulled out hair. I have, I still have the scar on my thigh from where she bit me. Whoa. But um, <laughs> yeah, she bit my leg. Holy like, shit! Yeah, where you, I went you've to been the doctor, in a legit fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, as like an adult. I went to the doctor. Yeah, I went to the doctor the next day just to be like, "So the story I'm about to tell you sounds crazy, but I just want to make sure." I don't. I don't know what a human bite does. I don't know if she was a zombie. I'm. Um, you can get
0: super infected by them,
1: right? And the doctor examined everything. It was all good, but yeah, like we knocked these girls out and they finally ran into the hotel room of the boys that that's who they're trying to visit. And even when the police got there, the guys lied and said the girls weren't there anymore. But we know that they didn't leave that hotel room, but the cops didn't even go into the room to see if the girls were there. So I don't know. <laughs> Dude, that's just wild. weird <laughs> <laughs> I got in fights so, yeah. when I was like a kid,
0: but I've never been in a fight as an adult. So that, that's pretty wild, man. <laughs> Getting fights in danger is so dicey, too.
1: Mm-hmm. It's but it's crazy. just nice to know. Like looking back on that, like as a positive, like it was a good thing to know. It's like in that situation when I saw my friend in danger, my body just—I didn't think about it. My body automatically. It did what it did. Yeah, fight and, or flight,
0: and you're a fighter. Yeah, tried to keep
1: this girl down. So <laughs> I guess when it comes down to it, I might be a little quiet and passive, but I guess deep down, maybe not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a perfect place to wrap this. That was an awesome story.
1: <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I don't tell people that story very often, obviously.
0: <laughs> I shared it. It's awesome. Because <laughs> now in my mind, I'm be like, man is a brawler.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, what's so funny is I guess at that uh that same time or yeah, over that same evening, like my parents were sitting on their porch out in western Kansas and my mom was telling my dad, "Oh, our girls are so sweet and they're so nice and I'm glad that they're spending time together this weekend, but um one of my sisters had messaged my dad and told him kind of what had happened. So he knew that all this had gone on. And so he's sitting there listening to my mom say all of this. And He's just like, uh-huh. Yeah. Your sweet girls had a great time this weekend. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so we always chuckle about it when we get together, but <laughs> well, thank
0: you so much for coming on. And, and I'm glad we finally made this happen. It's been yeah, awesome yeah, talking with too. you.
1: You too, you too. I'm glad we had a good mix. It wasn't just all super serious. So
0: yeah, we, we did manage to to stay non, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, we did manage to to get silly a couple times, and that was good. I needed some laughs too, so I appreciate it. Me too. <laughs> it was
1: really yeah, great to me chat too. With you, <laughs>
0: and, um, it was so much fun doing your your um your show and covering uh, the last dinosaur.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love your podcast. It is such an
0: entertaining listen.
1: It is. It's fun. It's a good mix of all of us and a lot of some great movies, some not so great. (laughs) So,
0: uh, so yeah. Where can listeners find, uh, find your podcast and, and listen to more stuff that you've done?
1: Yeah. So uh, obviously through the leftover army stream, the leftover monsters do that every week. And I've, you know, shun up in various other spots, you know, with, heart to heart did, uh, covered the wizard of Oz with him. And I've been on a couple other things here and there when it pertains to scenic cast. And I think a few Marvel things and star Wars. So I'm around in the group here and there <laughs> <Awesome>. scattered around. <laughs> awesome. Well,
0: it has been so awesome, uh, talking with you again. And, um, Uh, Yeah, until next time, this has been StarCast.